Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number one of Bleeding Blue. The roster in terms of who is going to be involved is a little different than the first time that we checked in, but we have Boker here. We have Renato Rodriguez here, and then you have Justin, your loyal host. Very loyal, indeed. Very loyal. So right now, we're going to talk some Yankees. And I'll give everybody a little update on terms of what we're going to be talking about and what this podcast is going to be moving forward. Welcome. Buckle up. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for hanging out. Play that intro. So welcome back. A few housekeeping items to start off. Follow me on Twitter at jpanic 74 I'm really trying to quote-unquote grow on Twitter because that that's, that's the place to be if you want to talk sports. Come talk sports with me. Come follow me. I retweet a lot of people. Follow those people. I follow some really cool people on Twitter, um, both for Yankees and the Giants. I have Boker here with me. Say hi, Boker. Hello. I'm uh, I'm gonna apologize in advance for my voice. I uh, I don't know really what happened to it. Hopefully next time it'll uh, it'll be back to its normal self. All right. So tell us a little about yourself, Boker. What's your what's your sports what's your sports background here? Diehard Yankee. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Diehard Cowboys fan. Woo. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all about Duke basketball hey. and. Uh, <laughs> And that's basketball when they don't suck, but that's every year. So how do you see that by now? Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, Renato, tell us a little about yourself. All right. So uh, diehard Yankee fan, Devils, partial season ticket holder too. So there you go. Thanks, Devils, for that. Jets, I know. Oh. Jets suck. Yeah, I mean, and I thought a lot of soccer too. Anyone soccer interested in I like, like soccer too. That's about it. All right. And, I, and I'm Justin. I'm a diehard Giant fan, diehard Yankee fan, really a diehard Yankee fan of only the past couple of years, really. Um, See, you went into the dynasty years, guys. Come on. No, I was not. Well, I, I mean, we both, Boker and I weren't even born for those 90s, 90s dynasty years. Great times. Great times. Wish, wish I was there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, early 2000s. Yeah, early, early, yeah, early t- you know, we have the – I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the, the Yankees really – like they embed in you as a Yankee fan, no matter what era it is, they embed in you like the, those rosters of those World Series championships, but especially those '90s and the fact that all those players were homegrown and the core four. And we're gonna be we're gonna, we're gonna be talking about some, some nicknames a little later on. But I'm a Giant fan, um, so pretty much this episode, you know, we have three diehard Yankee fans here. We're really gonna be just solely talking Yanks this this episode. Um, and here I go again with the talking Yanks, but, <laughs> but, it, but really uh, in, in the realm of talking Yanks and mentioning this podcast over and over, a huge inspiration for me trying to get this started is John Boy, Jake, and everybody at Talking Yanks. Um, big inspiration. Also NYG Weekly, 
R2C2 with CC Sabathia, Ryan Rucco, also big inspirations. Um, so a lot of the things that they do and a lot of the things that they execute very well. So that's, you know, interacting with fans on Twitter, you know, it's, it's live streaming, it's getting interesting guests on and getting, you know, different voices on a lot of those things that they do. I'm very interested in doing as well. So really it, so this, like I said, this episode is going to be solely just really focusing on the Yankees. But if anybody does really want to talk giants with me, especially as the regular season approaches, I mean, really just, you know, hit me up on, you know, if you have me on Instagram, if you have me on Facebook or especially on Twitter, you know, reach out to me and I would, and, you know, if you have your brain, if you have a brain and you have a voice, hit me up and I would love to, love to, love to talk Giants. Uh, oh, by the way. Yes. Shout out to Minka Fitzpatrick, signed his first. Oh, yes. Minka Fitzpatrick. St. Peter's Prep alum, babe. St. Peter's Prep for life. And then Boker, you also forgot to mention that you're the you're University of Alabama football fan. You're right, I did. So. And uh, Minka Fitzpatrick was a... Uh, big key player on that defense for the uh, championship that they had this past year. Yeah. So he's fantastic. He's not just an awesome, awesome game changing football player. He's a great man. And I know Renato, you can tell, you can tell a little bit more about that as well, since, you know, you, you, I, maybe you work with them a few times. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Mink is just a good guy all around. I mean, he, he gonna, well, no matter what, what team he'd be on, he, he'll thrive. He's going to thrive with the Dolphins, even though I hate Dolphins, but. I'll cheer Dolphin Trust Minka. That's it. I had a live stream going the night of the um, – I had a live stream on Facebook going the night of the NFL draft, and I remember when the Browns passed on him at number four. It was right – that was right before I ended the, the stream. Right. I, I pointed at the camera and I said, I said, Minka Fitzpatrick is going to haunt you and then whatever team passes on you for the rest of your life. What, what pick was he? He was nine, right? He was nine or eight? 11. Oh, 11. Well, there you go. That tells you how much I know about the NFL draft. All right. So without further ado, the Yankees were 20 games above 500. Yes, 20 games above 500. Yep. And this is the first time we've been 20 games above 500 this early into the season since when? Since the magical 125-win-1998 team that won it all. So this is so this is the crazy thing. I was actually listening to ninety. What was it? No, it was one hundred one point nine. It was WFAN today. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that they were talking about on WFAN is the fact that the Yankees may win. You know, they may have a magic season of one hundred twenty five wins. I or, you know, it's, well, it's not going to be. It's not going to be one hundred twenty five wins. But they could very well so win one hundred games plus ninety five games plus, and they could lose this division. Yeah, that, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. I think I, I feel Beth as wildcard system, but they had a hundred win team be a wildcard team this year. It's, it's going to be insane. No, but I, I also don't feel bad for whoever, like, like, you I think you win the division, plain and simple. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, you know, you feel bad for whoever has to play, whoever is going to be playing either the Yankees or the Red Sox. But at the same time, I heard that conversation today, you know, the potential of winning a hundred games and then having, your season beyond the line for a one-game playoff, it scares the living crap out of me. I, I get why they did it because of the excitement. But at the same time, it's like one game that should not determine this. No. Let's go back to the old, you know, ALDS wildcard plays against the best team in the league and then have a five-game series. No, but what about, uh, what about doing it like basketball does it? What, seven games? 
No, no. Just uh, uh, having a, a a ranking one through one through eight or one through whatever whatever kind of system. I don't think the rooks of baseball. I no, just, no. I, I would I would agree, I would agree with you on that. But it was it's the way that they do it now, especially since I mean you can have if the Indians lose like a couple, especially a couple guys in their rotation. You know, God, God forbid they lose Kluber or they lose Trevor Bauer and they lose two guys out of the rotation. I mean, some some other team in that division, no, under five hundred. I'm just hypothetical. Only here. team I could see maybe would be Minnesota. Maybe. Yeah. Now I we I, talked. Uh, uh, we basically in our in our preparation we talked a lot about uh, stop not doing hypotheticals, and lo and behold. Ten minutes, five minutes we into this podcast, we're we're talking about hypotheticals. So, all right, I know it's still, we're still still way early in the season. Right? Just, yeah, all about. right. So basically, what uh, what I thought that we would do is, especially to especially to start off, the season's about a, a little bit more than a quarter of the way done. Um, so I thought we would look at some quarter report card grades. Renato works at a school. Boker and I are going to school. So <laughs> our entire lives and our entire livelihoods are shaped off of stupid grades. So we're <laughs> going to give Yankee players some stupid grades. That's, All right, I'm very curious to see what these grades are. Very All right, so this is from North. This is from NorthJersey.com. This article written by we got to got to give credit. Um, Pete Caldera. All right, and this was published on May 18th. So we have to keep this in mind with some of these grades. Well, it's still, I mean, it's only a couple of extra games. It's not really that much. Okay. So um, as of June 3rd slash May 18th, what 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 are we giving Aaron Judge? A plus. A plus. A plus. All right. Pete has A's. I don't think Pete believes in A pluses. Well, oh, he, he, Judge would be an A plus plus right now. He's the leading candidate for MVP in my book right now. I don't think, I don't think I, I give him an A plus. I don't give him an A plus plus. A plus plus. I will, I will tell you the guy that I give an A plus plus, and it's mm-hmm. not going to be the guy who you expect, but we'll get there. All, all right. right, because all right, okay. do you have anything to say about Aaron Judge? Nope. No. A. All no. rise. It's all a- rise. He hit. All right. So I, I go to. I I bought um a twenty game or my mother graciously. I love my mother. Graciously bought a twenty game regular season ticket package for this summer for the Yankees. And I was at the game the other night uh, against the Astros where, where Glibber had a walk off and Aaron judge just f- look at the flick of the wrist. Second deck. Yeah, but- Oppo shot home run. Like it, and it, and it was a bullet. It was a bullet. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like a blooper. It wasn't a Yankee stadium, 314, uh, JD Martinez off of Dylan Batanza's home run. I'm still mad about that. I'm still I'm still mad about that. That, that I was, remember that, Justin. We were there. I remember. Oh my yeah, god, that was a uh, that was a pretty terrible feeling. Yeah, when yeah. you hit that, um, we came all the way back, and then that happened. Yeah. All right. So yeah, we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about our friend Dylan Batanza's too. But um, but just casually look at the look at the flick of the wrist. Whoop. Um, second deck bullet line drive home run. Aaron Judge is good. The thing that I noticed most about Judge's improvement this year is that he's way more patient in the strike zone. And mm-hmm. he's looking for his pitch to, to hit, which is a very bad sign for hitters. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely. Yeah, the fact that he's not chasing that slider, like, low and outside, or 
the fact that, that he's really, I mean, I, he's really not chasing anything. Like he's no. not chasing anything. It's, it's a really bad sign. So he, Aaron judge is good. He still has one of the worst, um, strike zone call oh, yeah. for umpires to call because he's so big to strike a lot of called strikes that, uh, he that's called on him is borderline, you know, good call, bad call. All right, so you are you a proponent of the electronic strike zone? I I don't see the need to go there as of right now. I think that's it's a whole another episode that happened. Yeah, that's a whole episode. All right, so Aaron Judge is good. Luis Severino, another guy that's really good. Renato, what's what a uh, what did uh, what's what's your grade and what do you think Pete gave? I'm hoping he gave the same grade as Judge. I mean, <laughs> Severino is just as good. He should be a Cy Young Award winner this year. He doesn't get A plus, and I don't know what it is. A plus. Uh, yeah. a plus. I, I give him an A plus plus again. A really. plus plus. Yeah, I. I mean, I've I've known since the. Uh, I'm gonna act like yeah. I've I've known this since day one. But when they brought him up in 15 for later for a later part in the year, he when you say the stuff is there, unlike cough cough Michael Pineda. Yeah, <laughs> 15. Yes. When you say that the stuff is there. All you got to do is really refine it. You got to fine tune it. You got to work it. And part of why I think he's so successful is because he had that downfall in 16 while it was ugly and it was fugly. And it was just, it was, it was actually sickening and saddening to watch. It was in a way it was necessary for this development. I mean, I, I, I just think that I want to thank Pedro Martinez for working with him. And I think that's his career. Thank you. Round round of applause for Boston Red Sox. <laughs> we love we love the Red Sox on this podcast. We absolutely do. And if you can't hear the sarcasm in my voice, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he did say pay, I did say Southerino. He did. Yeah, he really did. And and I I I just love how even even like David Ortiz, like before the season, he came out and said, Yeah, like the Yankees have the best lineup in baseball. So I love I love these Red Sox that just really like boosting these New York Yankees. I love it. I love it. They call that, they call that something in sports. They were talking about this in R2C2 with uh, Terrell Owens. Um, They were talking about like how other players and other teams, like, you know, with the whole trading jerseys thing and they're dapping each other up before the game. And he talked about that. And Terrell Owens is like, what the hell are these guys doing? This isn't football. This isn't sports, but I guess that's just, it doesn't matter if you're, rivals or what you know guys are gonna guys are gonna help each other out and it's and it's and it's acceptable today but if i was a red sox fan i would be livid that pedro martinez did that because now severino is hopefully going to be the guy for you know for however however, how long all right so that's severino he's a bully bully judge he's good glibber what's the grade for glibber I'm gonna say since he hasn't played the whole year, I'm giving an A. 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 Mm. What's your grade? I would give him as of right now an A minus. A minus. A minus. That's my grade for him. All right. As of May 18th, Pete gave Glibber an A as well. Ah, uh, see, see, he knows. He knows. He knows. But here, I don't give Glibber an A. You bugging fuck. I give him a B plus. Why? I give him a B plus because I 
cannot stand the errors. I can't stand the errors. These see, simple see, errors. He's a rookie, though. He's a, you got to understand. He's going to make these errors. I know. I know. It's And no one made these errors to cry now when he's a rookie. Hey, hey, but you want to know what? I could perform well in a class, and I that doesn't mean that I'm getting an A, all right? True. So, really, uh, and, and then this, this next guy, I think, would maybe, uh, that we're going to talk about, he would agree with me, but he really has, especially in the past, I would say, maybe two weeks, he's definitely cost us, you know, team sport, la la die. You don't put a you don't put the blame of a loss on a single player. But Glibber has definitely cost us one game, maybe two, with these errors and hasn't hasn't really helped us with the starting pitching, which has really needed help these past couple of weeks. So you disagree. Let's talk about Glibber, I mean, yes, he, he has made errors. But like the guy's so clutch offensively, he like he made the bottom of the lineup so good, and like he's having numbers for a rookie that are like incredible. Oh, he's putting up, he's putting up, you know, all you know the all these Yankee fans are like, oh, he's putting up Mickey Mantle like numbers. Well, yeah, he is, and he's clutch. I mean, I, I was at, I like I said, I was at that Houston game where he walked it off, and when he walked up to the plate, I I knew it. You know, you you just knew he was going to walk it off. You know, right. you have to you had to get the camera out. Because you, you just knew it was going to happen because he's, you know, he's, he's, he's Glibber Torres. Like a good Glaber, Glibber is there. Um, <laughs> you know, you just, you know that he's going to do it. But the lackadaisical kind of, I don't, I don't, don't want to say, I don't want to say it. Maybe Robinson, one or two, yes, but not all of them are lackadaisical. Robinson Cano mentality. I don't yeah. want that to get to him, even though Robinson Cano is my favorite baseball player of all time. I think he'll win. I think he'll win. I'm not worried about it. No, I'm not worried about it either. But he, that's the only reason why he gets a B plus and not an A is yeah. because of the errors and the fact that yeah. because our starting pitching has needed so much help these past couple weeks. I can't wait for those grades to come in. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Well, so let's so let's get to let's get to the first guy of. Five or no, technically well, kind of well, second guy, second guy, second guy. So let, well, so oh yeah, that's right, because Severino. So let's get to the second guy. Well, that, at least the first guy that's struggling. So remember, um, May eighteenth, at the time, CC Zabathia at May eighteenth was going in with a two point two three ERA, um, and he was averaging five point one innings per start. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll just give some numbers, maybe maybe since then. All right, so May 18th, he actually had a start on May 18th where he went five innings against the Kansas City Royals, um, which resulted in a loss. That's one of the games that I'm talking about where Glibber committed Glibber. a lot, some errors. Excuse me, I just burped. Um, four runs, uh, two earned runs, and that's – I was in Florida May 18th, and I was listening on the radio. You put those two runs on Glibber. And then four in the third innings, May 23rd, at Texas, I'm now. You guys may have some different opinions, but that series in Texas for that starting pitching, I feel like that's where a lot of the frustration comes with the starting yeah. pitching. Is that series in Texas? Mm-hmm. The ball was flying for teams. Yes, yeah. that hot Texas air. Whatever, whatever, whatever you want to pin it on. I knew CC would struggle in Texas. He doesn't. He doesn't like hot weather. So. For some reason. The ball was flying for both teams that series, and it hurts because it was a series loss, and it was like our first series loss, and I don't know how many, <laughs> how many series and like I think it was eleven out of the last twelve we won. I think yeah, 
And that was the first series. And then the, really the starting pitching started to struggle then. And a few of our guys struggled, you know, including CC. Uh, that was that was a bad start. I mean, seven earned runs in four and a third innings and 91 pitches um, with over a one whip. Actually, the whip wasn't that bad. Um, it was just a little over one. But um, a lot of people don't like looking at whip. I like looking at whip, especially for relief pitchers. But seven runs, seven earned runs, not good. I don't really – I'm not – I have erased that Texas series from my brain. So I don't I don't know if, if you guys really I've watched all three games and I don't know if you guys take that as seriously as or not not taking it as seriously as I do or what and I would like to hear maybe some maybe some thoughts on that. I mean that series was a little back and forth. Um I really like a bit like you said the pitching stunk. But I I've been taking the season into a, a hole so far, right? And in terms of CC Sabathia, in terms of his grade you know what I would give him? What? B minus. B minus. I just I don't think Sabathia will have well well again f- f- forecasting it here. I just I'm not seeing the consistent CC. I mean, granted, he had a lot of bad luck. I know. I I just I'm not seeing the same CC that I did last year, and I think he's been struggling this year. And like I said, Yankees need two stars at trade deadline. But again, foreshadowing. I'm not gonna talk about that. Um. So so how about you? How about you, Michael Boker? In terms of in terms of uh, CC Sabathia, the grade I would give him at this point, as of right now, is a little bit better than Renato. I'd give him a B. What? I, I'd give him a B. <laughs> Let's see the reasoning. I'm, I'm very curious to hear why. Uh in agreement with you, I don't think he's co- consistent as he was last year, but. CC is CC. He will pick it back up. But, like I said, he hasn't been consistent at all, to be honest with you, this season. He's only managed to get through, what, about, like, five innings? Yeah. That, that's my biggest concern. That's my biggest concern is, is, is innings limit. At the Yankees right now, the starting pitching has to be good, and it has to be consistent. Right. CC needs to be better. Flat out, he needs to be better, more consistent. But also, we were talking about in the Texas game, everything was falling apart that series, in my opinion. I remember watching, I think it was the second or third game, was when we blew that 10 5 lead. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I uh, watched like an inning. I fell asleep on the beginning of the game, woke up, it was. I believe four nothing, and then I went out when it was four two after CC gave up that two run home run, home run, and then I was out, and then you know it. I was following it the game on MLB the app. Once it was ten five, I was like, all right, this game is over. The bullpen's going to come in, do its job, and then I was, I was so wrong. That bullpen blew. They blew. The, they blew that game. The bullpen blew it. 2017, CC Sabathia went 14 and five. I'm not the totally, I'm not totally the biggest fan looking at win loss record, but the ERA was at a 3.69. The ERA this year is at a 3.73. Okay, so even with the bad stretch of three games, now like I said, the Kansas City game, 
Glibber, two runs. Put that on him. I put that game on him. Put that game on that whatever. I think he might have had two errors that game. Um, one or I can't I can't remember on the top of my head. I know he had one. So I Kansas City game. Glibber. Texas Air. That's two starts. That's two of his bad. That's two of his most recent bad starts. What Five. really hurt us more than last year with CC is the fact that he wasn't on the team. You know, during the summer, obviously hypotheticals here, you know, knock on wood, CC Sabathia isn't going to have a month where he's going to be on the, uh, the DL. Mm-hmm. That may just be a yearly thing now because the man's 37 years old and he's at the l- later stages of his career. That may just be a thing that maybe when Jordan Montgomery comes back, you know, CC Sabathia may just very well have to take a month on the DL because of reasons. Hopefully that doesn't happen. I would love for the big man to get through the, the through, get through the entire season. Last year he had 148 and two thirds innings. The year before that he had about 180 innings pitched. This year he's at 50. He's at 50 and 50 and two thirds. That's per. I mean, for me, for how good of a year that everybody perceived Sabathia had last year. You know, 14 and five with the sub four ERA. Sub 150 innings pitched for the year that he's having right now. Yeah, the win loss record isn't um, glamorous. It's not terrible. Um, really, no. Really, none of our starting pitchers win win loss records are terrible. It's because this team is not terrible, and we're 20 games above 500. How how many innings did CC pitch last year? He pitched 148 and two thirds. So if if the projections right, if he goes like throughout the rest of the year without any injuries. He'd be projected to have 150 innings. So, no, because we're about a quarter of the year done. So we're so he's projected. If you were to go, well, I'm looking, I'm looking at ESPN right now. That's what they're projecting. Man. Well, I don't care what ESPN. <laughs> Justin, Justin knows in his brain as a criminal justice major. Justin knows that we are about we are a little okay. So I think we're about 30 percent of the season done. You're right. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm wrong. Yep. 29.8% done. Wow. Oh, did you just do that on your calculator right now? Yeah, my calculator is in my head. Wow. Quick math. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, so we're 29.8% of the way done with the season. You know, I'm not 100% on that. You're not? No. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> so about 180 innings. 180 innings. He's not pitching 180 innings. I'll, I'll bank on that right now. Well, I'll make a bet. They well, how, well, well, here we go. We're not, we're not a, uh, we're not yep. a podcast of hypotheticals here. <laughs> he's on pace to get 180 innings. Okay. I think he's going to get 180 innings, and that would be the first time that he gets 180 innings since 2013. Okay. And I will tell you what, if CC Sabathia, if CC Sabathia is under is a sub four ERA pitcher. With 180 innings at the end of the year, I consider that a B plus season, and that is what I have him right now. I have B him at plus. a B plus. Yep. Crazy. I have him at a B plus Ooh. simply because I am not I, I do not count in my brain. So, those- so, so you're telling me CC Sabath is the same rank as Glaber Torres right now? Yes. You're crazy. You're because crazy. because of where those players are in their careers. And the production that they've given to the team. I'm, I'm solely based on this season. You are absolutely crazy to say that. I'm not. I, I agree with you or not. You're crazy. Um, 
I'm <laughs> not. If you were to if you were to tell I'm me that these enough B numbers, and that's barely in B, like barely. The fact that we are getting this much production out of a 37 year old. He deserves a half of a grade curve automatically. Oh, come on. I'm not curvy here. There's no curves. All right. So I, I, I give him a B plus. All right. Uh, all right. So it's it's on tape right now. Uh, 180 innings. I'm writing it down. I'm writing that. It's on there. Write it, write it down. Renato, Renato says under. I say give me 180 innings. I want 180 innings exactly. Okay. He, uh, he'll, 180. He'll get – 160. 160. Over, over and under. See, see oh, he broke it, broke it has the reasons for Come on. He, he, I have my reasons. I'm going less than that, but, but that's I think 160 I can expect. My reasons is that those cortisone shots that he takes every month. Oh, my God. Here we go. Hurts like a mother, but it's going to get him through 180 innings this year, and he's pitching in the postseason. Put it down. Okay, that that I can see, but 180. All right, we're moving on from CC. Um, Toe, Ronald Torres. Little baby. Do we have to grade him? Toe. Do we have to grade this guy? We have to grade him. Did you see Aaron Judge gave him a high five in the dugout in the other night, but he wasn't even in the frame? I miss this guy. I miss no, Torres. I did not actually see that. <laughs> he, he hit a home run last night, and the dude gets in the dugout, and it gives a high five to an invisible person. And they asked him, why did you do that? He's like, that, that high five was for toe. Oh, <laughs> uh, up the- oh my God. So what, what grade do you give toe? <sighs> uh, see, with, with the what, month so season that he has since we've been to the minor leagues? Um... He's a bunch of guy, Tilly. Ah, oh, man, it's a tough grade. I guess it'd be. Poker. B. This is a tough grade. Um, Being a bench guy, being that he hasn't played really a lot because of the lineup that we have. Um, Renato on here, I'll, I'll give him a B. He, when he did play, he wasn't – he was a great on the defensive side of the ball, but not on the offensive so I'll give him a B. I'm gonna guess Judson's grade right now. What's my grade? A minus. No, no, no. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, either B minus or C. Oh my god, no! <laughs> oh my god, no! <laughs> since you gave C C I'm giving him an A. <laughs> okay, no, okay. Oh my god, an A. Pete also. Wait, wait, time out, time out, time out, time out. So you're telling me C C and Torres. Or a lower grade than Ronald Therese, who barely plays the games. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you'd be the worst grade yeah. in history. Come on. You're right. Oh, boy. He's <laughs> hitting 339 with an on-base percentage oh, God. of 349. He's a bunch guy. Bunch guy. 62 hey. plate appearances. He has 21 hits. He is a utility player. He's a great one at that. For, his, for his role, he's, he's an great. A. Absolutely. But he's not, not an A. And also he he is he's the he is the gorilla tape, the gorilla glue of the clubhouse. I'm saying I, that. I also agree. That's why he's a B, not a C. His spirit, his spirit, it is amazing how his spirit has lived on despite him not being there. And he'll I get, I give him back. He'll come. He's gonna come back. I, I, yeah, he's coming back. Bye, bye, Ty Austin. 
<laughs> Whoa. What's easy the, there. Why, why do we need Tyler Austin? Big guy. Easy there. He's a cancer survivor, Renato. Okay, but I don't want him on the team right now. There. All right, so little baby toe gets an A. Um, Aroldis Chapman. <laughs> oh, I, I got my grade for them. I got my grade. A plus plus. It has been his best season since he debuted with the Reds. He has been magnificent this year. He's probably the best closer in baseball this year. I'm saying that right now. Even better than Kimbrel. I hate Kimbrel. I don't like his stance at all. He's <laughs> <laughs> intimidating with it, and it, it, it gets me a little ticked. Um, my grade for Rollis Chapman is an A. I think he's arguably the best closer in baseball right now. His stuff is just filthy. He's a bully, in my opinion. Bully. A bully. Yep. Craig Kimbrough looks like a leprechaun. Um, <laughs> That's so curious. Craig Kimbrough looks like a re- like a leprechaun, especially when he's he got go- the red hair too. Well, especially when, I mean he has the red beard, and especially when yeah, he goes that into stance. that, especially when he goes into that like yeah. little like little stance, and he and he. I, I cannot stand his stance, Jesus. Like being five five. Um, yeah, he's a leprechaun. Like, everyone can see what you're gonna do. We don't need to freaking have the left stance like that. All right. Yeah. Um. Uh. this Aroldis Chapman. Let me hear this. I need to hear this here. Oh, he he gets he gets an A. He gets an A plus. I mean, what what? what okay, what, I was about to say. I was like, if he gets to raise an A, Chapman has to get like an A plus. No, I just my favorite part about all this Chapman is after. I mean, especially like bigger games, the like the big saves. Out. He when he throws his fastball at you know whatever he throws 102 100 and he gets like a swinging strike or a cold strike especially a swinging strike three as the final out and he gets in his follow through and he stands on his two feet he stares through the batter's soul he emasculates whoever's at the plate that's basically that's basically what i what i've came to the conclusion of third out he emasculates whoever's at the plate. The man, the man <laughs> scares me. And then when he threw that, no, we were we were all at the game. This was the game that we all went to, where Chapman came in. Yeah, he pitched uh, one in the third. He had to come in in the yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the final out, he threw a changeup and he smiled. Yeah, he smiled. And he's like, "I wasn't man enough to throw a fastball, so I just threw a changeup, and now I'm gonna laugh about it." And <laughs> John Boy made the argument on Twitter. That's more scarier than him just staring you down. Him smiling about it is way more scarier. Right. All right. So next player, D. D. Gregorius. <clears throat> oh, this is going to be an interesting grief for me. April oh. AL Player of the Month. Right. What grade do you give him, Renato? Ah, oh, this is so tough. Okay. I got one. B okay. plus. B plus. Okay. The reason, like you said, AO play of the month for, for April. It's great in April. Struggled in May, big time. Huge. But I think he's starting to get it together now as we head towards the June June months. Where was he in the lineup yesterday? I think sixth. And I think he, it's, he suits well in the bottom of the order right now until he starts getting uh, productive at bats. My grade for... Uh... Didi's uh, tough, too. I mean, if we were grading him on, you know, the month of April, I mean, no doubt about it, he would be getting an A-plus in my mind. Guy was just outstanding. May, like you said, Renato, 
no doubt about it. He 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 struggled. I mean, he was struggling. It was bad. It was bad. Like bad. like ugly. Yeah, ugly. But, like like so bad that you had Yankee fans calling radio stations. Yankee fans have short term memory to begin with. But the slide was so bad that they were like, "Do we like need to send Didi Gregorius down in the minors?" Some of the best ones are like, "Oh, when are we study Ronald Torres? Oh my god! <laughs> what are we call Toa? He's he's like hitting like three forty. <laughs> Let him start with that. Oh my god! Okay, so um, so we have a B plus. You have a B plus. I also am in agreement with the B plus. All right, I give him one letter grade down. All right, and then the first, uh, and I think this is the first one that we're all in agreement here. Yeah, B plus, B plus. Um, Didi Gregorius has had a uh, has had a bad finish to the quarter. Um, where I, if it were me, I'm sending a progress report home. Um, <laughs> the month for the month of May, I definitely am sending a progress report. Home, but but the month of June is looking up. I agree with you. I. I'm not really that big into like, oh, this player has to um, hit down in the lineup or this player has to hit up in the lineup. I think really putting him down in the lineup has kind of like helped his kind of like perspective on things because especially after pretty much right after he came out and said, yeah, I'm not a home run hitter. And he probably said that as like a joke, you know, because it was funny back then. Now it's like, yeah, Didi, you're kind of not really a home run hitter right now. You remember when he had that quote and then John Boy made a shirt out of it and I right. loved it. Right. And I, that was like my favorite quote. It still is probably my favorite quote of the season so far. Didi Gregorius hits like 10 home runs in a month or whatever. I don't even know how many he hit. And then he and then he comes out and then he comes out and says, Yeah, I'm not a home run hitter. Um, well, yeah, you were right, Didi. You're not a, no, I'm kidding. Um, but Didi's my Didi's my favorite player on the Yankees. Just the the swag that he has, the how fun. He plays the Cashman. Well, trade. Oh, yeah. They asked Brian. I was watching a a rain delay coverage of the Yes Network, and they asked Brian Cashman, "Is that the best trade that you've ever had as a as a Yankee executive?" And he's like, "Well, uh, I don't. I don't. (laughs) I I I win championships. I don't really. I don't. I count my championship rings. I don't really count my good trades." Didi Gregorius is my cousin, by the way. And I'm going to explain how Didi Gregorius is my cousin. And Didi, if you're listening to this, hello, my name's Justin. We're cousins. The reason why we're cousins is because I recently took a 23andMe test, and I part and I found out that I'm part Scandinavian. Mm. Now, if you know Didi Gregorius at all, you know that he's from the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Scandinavia and the Netherlands are two totally different countries. You're wrong. I get them confused constantly because I don't know geography. So I therefore presume that Didi Gregorius and I are cousins. That's my logic. Um, it's it's terrible. It's terrible. It's not sound. It's an illogical argument. But I, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. You'll take it. So Didi, yeah. So Didi looks like Didi's looking up for the month of June. And Michael Boker wants to say something. Yeah, I'm gonna give Didi Gregorius a compliment. Uh, Didi, you have the best smile in all of baseball. Oh, I love it. <laughs> He's a he's a sweetheart. Really, if he didn't have that, if he if he wasn't such a if he really if he really wasn't such a sweetheart, I think we would maybe give him a B. But yeah, but because he he's because he's a swagger, he's a swagalicious. Swagger not the kind of guy. I have his jersey, and that's why he gets B plus. Okay, so here's probably my favorite. Next is my favorite, favorite, favorite grade. Let's see, Austin Roman. Man, Austin Roman, what a year this guy is having. He, I, I, close 
Stamps Romine. Hashtag Romaine Lettuce. And then what what they say over at Talking Yanks is that they didn't even know. They didn't even know Close Stamps Romine. They don't know. They don't know. No. Now they know. (laughs) Now They still don't know. They will not know. I mean, I I can't with how greedy is offensively. It's incredible. It's like night and day. It's great. I had to give him an A. He gets an A. He, I got nothing to say. He has an A. Yeah. In agreeance, I'm with you. A A in my book. All right, we're gonna be we'll be really fast on close stance Roman because <clears throat> there are some things that we can come back to in a later episode, like the usage of personal catchers and all that kind of stuff. We yeah. Will talk- yeah. I- yeah, that has to be another because I have to chime in on that. Yeah, so batting average 375 on base percentage 453 in 56 at bats. He has 21 hits. Um, and I'm trying to find the walks, and he has eight walks. So, uh, 20, 29 out of 56 at bats, he is on Bates or actually plate appearances out of 64. Uh, all I have to say, they didn't even know. Austin Romine may be one of the biggest pieces of trade bait come this July. Nope. He continues no, to not, hit the way that he not, has no, no, he has I still think he has no value. Still though. To three home runs, he has I, I don't care. Guys. 16 He's not thought, going anywhere. I thought he hit pretty well last year as a backup catcher at 220 with an OBP of 272, and he had 21 RBIs. I thought he hit pretty well then. Now, they A plus plus A plus plus. I'm telling you right now, highest player, greatest player on the team. These these grades, man. I don't, I don't, you should not be a teacher grading these grades. No, I would be. I would be a terrible. Teacher. <laughs> I would be a terrible teacher. That's why. That's why I want to go into prison policy. All right, next we got to keep moving. Miguel Anduha, you can do it. Andujar, my boy. Easy. This is the easiest grade of them all. Easiest grade. Really? Easy. Hey, that's it. No explanations needed. Tough grade. This is the easiest, easiest grade. Nah, tough for me. He's just as good as, Gl- as Glibber. Easy grade. Come on. Easy grade. No question. I'm going to give. All right. If he's just as good as Glaber, as you're saying, then I'll give him an A minus, just like I did Glaber. Yeah. There you go. I am giving Miguel Andujar an A minus as well. There. Pete gave him a B plus because as of May 18th, there. he was kind of in a slump. There. But there. at least uh, Boker and myself about a week ago when Greg when Gregory Bird came back, we were really calling for Miguel Andujar to get sent down. Uh, uh, who did it? Wait, who did it? Huh? Huh? You did not. Uh-huh. You. You said Tyler Austin. And. And guess what? I and win this argument. Yeah. I am I am so impressed by the way that he's hitting off speed pitches. I mean, especially that home run that he had yesterday. Right. I mean, he he loves. I am amazed. A lot of these home runs that he's hitting, they're at his they're below with his knees. I told you he has the swing of Gary Sanchez. If you give him a shred, that guy will hack like no tomorrow. No, and it's and it's amazing that it's not, you know, they talk about his swing that covers the strike zone. Vicious. But it's more, it's it's more than that. He has this swooping 
beautiful swing. You know, there aren't a lot of righties. Like, there are a lot of lefties right. that can make good swings look really good, you know, that have these Ken Griffey Jr. swings. You know, right. you look at Robbie Cano. Right. Um, and you, even Aaron Aaron Hicks sometimes, when he hits no-doubt home runs, they're nice and they're awesome to look at. Right. Gary Sanchez and Miguel Andujar have this swing as righties that look just absolutely beautiful, and they can cover anywhere on the plate. Doesn't have to just be in the strike zone, but especially those low pitches, Andujar goes and gets them. And like you mentioned when we talked about Andujar last time, he does not walk a lot. He's very swing happy. Yeah. Once he gets his his um balanced approach hitting, good luck baseball. Good luck trying to stop him. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Moving on, Chad Green. I'm gonna give you this one, Justin. I, I, I like he struggled early, but you 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 stuck with him, and he he's that that moving on that fastball. Like you've been saying, it's been pinpoint accurate. So I'm gonna give him an A too. We'll give him an A. I'm going to give Chad Green a B plus. Fair. Not as good as last year. I but, disagree. But, but, overall, but overall, doing good. Doing good this year. Yeah, so what's crazy about Chad Green is he was so good last year. I mean, he was so dominant lights out last year that what he's doing this year, it feels like he's having a bad season. When actually he's yeah. <laughs> Outside of Chapman and um, outside of uh, um, no, he's he's a second best reliever in my book. Outside of maybe Chapman and maybe Jonathan Holder, um, Chad Green is the best non is the best non closing oh, yeah. pitcher on on the Yankees. He's the most reliable, and you know we can go to him most. But and the crazy thing is, is that he has one pitch. I don't I don't care if he has a slider. He as of right now, he cannot throw his slider. Every time he has thrown his slider, left the ballpark. He has one pitch. Mariano Rivera, his fastball. Here's my fastball. Eat it. Try to hit it. They can't hit it. They can't hit it. There. Chad Green. What did I? I didn't even give him a grade. No. Give him a grade, guy. Come on. I'm giving him a B plus as well, just because I want Chad Green to do better. I think he can do better. He can. But I I love, I love, 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 love Chad Green. All right, here's your boy, Tyler Austin. Uh, so if we want to go before Greg Bird came back, I'd get him an A+. Plus. Really? Now, now that, yeah. He led rookies in all the hitting categories, practically, and home runs, RBIs. I mean, he was great. But now that Bird's back, he's absolutely stunk to join. So, I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B. I, I still think he shouldn't be on the team, but that's just me. You don't think he should be on the team? Should, the reason why, we have too many thirds basemen, and I think Neil Walker should be the backup because he can play first and third, and then we have Therese that can play all the positions in the infield. That's just, I mean, I know you, you want to also the lefties, but he's been struggling with the lefties in the last couple of games. So. No, I, I'm, I don't. I'm not saying I want him to let. No, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm saying like Boone. Boone says the, the, no, no. Aaron Boone doesn't decide Aaron. anything. He's and Brian Cashman have <laughs> lost to the lefties. I knew you were gonna say that. Sorry, oh my that. God, Aaron Boone doesn't do anything. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say. Aaron, Aaron Boone. You want you want to know how Aaron Boone was hired? I, I've told everyone this. Yes. Aaron Boone. The reason why Aaron Boone's interview took eight hours to complete. Is because they basically for eight hours, 
the Yankees just yelled things at him. They yelled about, they talked bad about his wife. They talked bad about his family. They talked bad about his mother. And they said, if you can sit here and not react to a single thing that we say, you will be hired as the New York Yankees manager. He survived eight hours of nothing but brutal insults about like his family, his baseball family. He survived. He's the Yankee manager. Aaron Boone does not do a single thing. It's Brian Cashman. Okay. Okay, so that's my Aaron Boone rant. Aaron Boone gets a B plus, by the way. We can't, you can't just agree Aaron Boone. Yeah. I, I, well, well, Pete, well, Pete did in the article. I know what I'm saying. We, you ask us. Yeah, you gotta go. With, let's stick with the with the Tyler Austin first. Guy. Oh no, that's right. Pete gave him an A minus in the article. I give him a B plus. Uh, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. It's... Oh well, no, we're done. We're done with Aaron Boone. We're we're done with Aaron Boone. Do you want to say anything about Aaron Boone? No, let's talk, let's talk uh, about Austin, awesome. then we can talk about Boom if you want. Right, we'll, we'll, come, yeah, we'll, we'll talk come. about Boom later. All right, we'll talk about I, Boom. I, I could chime in on Boom. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so before Greg Burr came back, um, Tyler also was getting an A in my book. Um, now that Greg Bird is back, is healthy, is swinging the ball, swinging the bat, hitting the ball, um, and Tyler Austin has not been playing. Uh, I'll give Tyler Austin. Uh, I'll give him a B plus, just because I feel like when he does play, he would be a good bat, and he's great defensively. So that's why I'm giving him a B plus, and he's there for the lefties. All right, I give Austin a B. I really don't see, even when he was really hitting well, I really. Obviously, now that Bird's back, um, I really don't see there being a point for him of being on the team. I really don't. If he's not going to be here and he's not going to hit lefties, which it, didn't he hit? Didn't he hit a home run off of Chris Sale? I think two. Yeah. I think two. So if if that's Gosh. if that's what we're going off of, of why Tyler Austin mashes lefties, uh, I don't really it does, it does mash lefties though. I'll say that. I mean, I if I don't feel it's as it's as dramatically so that we need to keep him on this team. I would rather have somebody like a disco Neil Walker on the team than Tyler Austin, along with Ronald to because I just don't feel like we need a bench bat. That's also a home run hitter. We have the home run hitters in the lineup, especially now that Greg bird is back playing first base every day. And I also feel, Hey, um, don't, don't hate on Greg bird against lefties. Cough, cough, Andrew Miller, cough, 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 cough. Even before the postseason and Greg Bird hit that boss home run against Andrew Miller, Greg Bird hits lefties really well. Okay. He has a great approach at the plate. He has uh, – John Boy uh, John Boy says, I love the way Greg Bird takes pitches. And I actually I – watched, I watched a couple of Greg Bird at-bats like live, you know, now that I actually get to see him play baseball again. And I'm like, that is so true. The way that he just like – he, you know, he's he's sitting there, he's ready in the box, and then the way that he just takes these pitches and then backs off the plate and does it, like, wow, just how comfortable Greg Bird feels at the plate, I feel comfortable that Greg Bird is at the plate and I feel comfortable watching him. I do not feel that way with Tyler Austin. I do not feel comfortable when he's at the plate. He chases a lot. He's a young guy, needs to go down to AAA. I hope he rakes in AAA. Maybe he's trade bait. 
Maybe we can trade him to a National League team, and then he can eventually become a 2020 National League All-Star first baseman, as some people <laughs> are prophesizing. I Right now, I don't see there being a fit on the team besides the front office really wanting him to work against left-handed pitching. I don't see it. I give him a B. Yeah, I mean, just as you. Awesome. All right, so... All right, so we're going to talk only about a few more. Oh, God. Um, geez, there's so many people to talk about, and there's so little time. We talked about Tyler Austin. We're not going to talk about Montgomery. We're not going to talk about Domingo. No, Domingo. We're not going to. We're going to skip David Robertson. So up next, we're going to talk about Giancarlo Mike. <laughs> Mike. Okay. So a little a little background too. Um, you're you know you're going to hear me talk about you know hopefully we do this for the entire summer and then hopefully we can also find a way to continue this while we're all at school, and we're all back to our regular jobs, uh, schooling come the fall. But you're going to hear me refer to Giancarlo Stanton as Mike Stanton. Whenever Giancarlo is performing poorly, I'm going to call him Mike Stanton because I because it's funny, and I don't think it's that offensive. A lot of methods do that too. So. And whenever and time history has shown, I've gone to a few Yankee games where he's done extremely well. After I called him Mike Stanton, I was at a game where against the Oakland Athletics, he hit a bomb, an opposite home run. Every, every everybody loves going oppo in Yankee Stadium, and I love that too. Hit a bomb on Mother's Day. Um, he had an infield single against the Astros, which. Uh, I really want to talk about John Carlos infield infield singles because that's like when people are defending batting average. How many infield singles has John Carlos Stanton hit this year? At least five. At least five. So that's five extra hits. Those aren't going down as errors, people. Those are going down as hits. So people that say they don't Gary Sanchez, we'll get to Gary Sanchez, but Gary Sanchez is having a terrible year at he's batting the two hundred. John Carlos batting two fifty. It's because he has when he doesn't hit a home run, he's hitting an infield single. So shut your mouth. <laughs> John Carlos, I cannot stand Mike Stanton. I cannot stand him. He was the National League MVP last year, but every time he comes to the plate, my mind does not go to, oh, this is John Carlos Stanton who hit 59 home runs last year, and he was the National League MVP. This is just, oh, this is just another guy on our team. This is just another guy on our team who's about to get out or strike out. That's what my mind goes to. It does not go to him hitting a home run or him getting on – or he, even him getting on base. Say I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree on that one. So Pete on this NorthJersey.com article, he gave, Giancarlo, he gave Giancarlo Mike Stanton a B-. minus. Fair. I'm going to go first with my grade here, and then I'll let you guys talk because I got my spiel out. I got my rant out of the way. I'm giving John Carlos Stanton a C. Wow. Wow. C. A C. Yes. That's what I think. What do you think? C minus. C minus. Wow. wow. The reason why it's like you said, like John, he's the reigning National League MVP and yeah. a lineup full of MVPs, and he strikes out all the time. Like, even my dad was saying yesterday, like, my dad's a meth and he even sees like He's like, Stan's always chasing, always chasing. I'm like, yeah, the guy always chased. Like, he's not Curtis Granson when he was on the Yankees. You know, he would always chase 3-2. Yeah. 
on the dirt. And Sam's been doing the same thing lately. Yeah, yes, yeah. he had the home run yesterday. Yes, he had home runs here and there. But come on, dude. You got Judge. Yeah. And you got Bird. You got Sanchez. I mean, there's no pressure in that lineup. Come and on. don't tell me this is going to be a guy that we pay $30 million and cough, cough, Alex Rodriguez. He's going to hit all these meaningless home runs against these meaningless teams where we don't need him to be hitting home runs, but he's going to be hitting them anyway. Yeah. Do we absolutely do we need to win the games against the Orioles? Do we need to win the games against the Athletics? Yes, every game is just as important as the next, blah, 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 all that garbage. But don't tell me that John Carlos Stanton is gonna be this guy when in games that we're up eight-nothing, he's gonna hit a solo shot, and then that's gonna inflate all those numbers, and everybody is gonna be like, Oh, John Carlos Stanton. A-Rod did that all the time, and it pissed me off. I would root for A-Rod to not hit home runs whenever they were 4-5 nothing. Uh, I'm lying. I would not do that. But that would bother me. Like, it would be 5 nothing. A-Rod would hit a home run to make us go up 6 nothing, And then I'm like, oh, okay, well, we're, what, 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 the hell, what, what the hell did that do? But, I don't know if I say but here, I think he's going to bounce back. I think, I think he's going to go on this big-time hot stretch like he did last year, just absolutely just tear the ball. Yeah, and, that, and, that's the, and that's the main defense for Giancarlo, Mike Stanton defenders right now. That's the main defense is that, oh, his numbers are matching. He's a the good hitter. But, yeah, Giancarlo Stanton hit 25,000 home runs in the month of July and August. That's why he got the 59. You're not going to tell me that, like, I, I'm okay. sorry, like, you could be the biggest optimist in the world. He's you can tell me he's gonna have though that same no. that same two month stretch. No, no, of course not. But that that's what people are saying that but, oh, but he's on pace to do the same thing. No, nope. if he gets thirty homers, hundred RBIs, I'm happy. I'm fine with me. I mean, we, we we can't expect everyone to get for fifty homers, hundred fifty RBIs. It's just but here's the thing: when he was on the Marlins, right? He has nobody on the team. So, of course, he always got pitches hit because it's always going to be like blowouts. I mean, that is true. That is true. Do you have anything to say about our friend, uh, John Carlo Mike Stanton? Yes, I, I have to say quite a bit. I'll, I'll start off with my grade. My grade for John Carlo Stanton right now is a B minus. Wow. What? Excuse me? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm done. I'm walking now. Bye. <laughs> My grade for him is a B minus. Now, I will touch a little bit on last year National League MVP. Everybody, I don't care what anybody says, no matter what sport you play, no matter what, when anybody gets an award like an MVP season or running for rookie of the year or you know anything along those lines, the next season, they have a bad season. They have a fall-off season, and that's what I think Giancarlo Stanton is having right now. I think when we signed when we signed him, someone I was talking to, one of my friends I was talking to, said this guy is going to be the exact same thing as last year, hit 50-something home runs because in Yankee Stadium, the short porches in left and left and right field. I did not agree with him. I said, I'll be happy if he gets to 40. 40 high 30s, nothing more than that. Now, another thing I want to talk about, a player like Giancarlo coming from the Marlins, coming up to the New York Yankees and the pressure and how everybody Um, says, 
oh, it takes time to adjust because you're playing for the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium. I also think that that's affecting John Carl. He hasn't gotten into that groove yet. I mean, his numbers on the road are far better than his numbers on it at home. He has to pick that up, and he will get there. He will get there. Another thing I don't think a lot of people notice is his stance, that that very weird stance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, like, any, like, 50-fold stance? That closed stance when he swings the bat. It looks like he's uh, swinging that, like, lightsaber thing. Swinging an axe. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody notices, but when you're in a position like that, you have a hard time seeing the ball. When you when you are in that stance, you have a hard time seeing the ball coming in on a specific type of angle, especially like for a righty, because like your back is like almost turned, turned to the pitcher. It's not like you're like facing your sideways face of the pitcher or or what. You yeah. are completely at a different angle. You're not seeing the ball as well as you should be like with an open stance. And especially when you're going up against the right-handed pitcher as opposed to a left Exactly. Pitcher. And like when you're going up against the right-handed pitching, you're not going to see the ball as well as you would a lefty. That's why he hits lefties better. But I I do think Giancarlo will pick it up. I think just a few adjustments, more time in the cage, he'll pick it up. He won't be an American League MVP. No. He won't become – he won't be close to that. But I do think he will pick it up. I do think he will hit in the high 30s. Home runs, maybe even give him a 40 home run mark on the end of the year. But he will get there. Uh, I'm going to predict the future a little bit. Next year, next year he will be go on an absolute tear the whole year. If he stays healthy, next year he will be okay. And we will understand why we got him to begin with. That's all I have to say on Giancarlo. Uh, can, can I make one more thing about Giancarlo? Yes. I totally disagree about what you said about the pressure in New York. Do you know why I say that? Why? If you cannot succeed in New York, then why bother coming to New York? Why 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 bother even showing up? Because you have to understand as a player, the day one, the moment you get treated or signed to the Yankees, you gotta know the pressure is there. You know there's gonna be 30, 40,000 people a night that are gonna love you or they're gonna hate you. That's well, all Tony knew it. Yep. <laughs> like I hate Otani. We'll we'll talk about Otani at another time. Yeah. But just just know that all three of these people that you're that you're listening to right now, hopefully you're still here. All three of these people despise Shohei Otani, none bigger than myself. <laughs> but yeah, but go right ahead. Talking about the pressure of New York. John Carlson needs to start waking up. If he doesn't wake up, if he comes another A Rod. He will not last as a Yankee. I am so, he'll become another A-Rod contract scenario, be another Jacoby Ellsbury contract scenario, which I don't want to talk about. I hate that guy. But um, for his sake, he better turn it off. That's all I'm going to say. All right, so I do think that we are. We're going to have to wrap it up shortly here. Um, there's some players that we – really significant players that we miss that aren't necessarily maybe having the best of seasons – but some of them I want to defend. You heard me kind of defend Gary Sanchez a little bit. He's so clutch. Don't look. Don't let the batting average get you down, um, because John Carlos Stanton 
the illusion of the batting average kind of gets you confident when it shouldn't. But so don't, so, you know, Pete on this NorthJersey.com article gave Gary Sanchez a C plus, but he said tough grade for someone with 10 home runs and 30 RBIs. What did he give him? He gave him a C plus. He said tough grade for someone with 10 home runs and 30 RBIs, but all right. So you basically just, you know, you're you're dismissing the 10 home runs and 30 RBIs. And I've had enough. I've had enough. I've had enough of people at the stadium, people calling radio shows, Gary Sanchez is not good defensively. I, I, I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. I've had it. This man is the greatest hitting catcher in baseball. Possibly I, since freaking Mike Piazza, he's better than Buster Posey. Get out of here with your Buster Posey comments. Get out of here. He's better than him. He's the best hitting catcher since Mike Piazza. So what? The defense is it's not bad. It was bad or it was bad last year. His arm is incredible. He can drop whatever he wants. I will take a dropped ball by Gary Sanchez. And if you dare try to run on this man, he will gun you down. And guess what? It saves the pitch count on, on, on the pitchers. So you want to know what? Shut your butt. I love Gary. I am Gary. Jonathan Holder's next. I love Jonathan Holder. He is the third most consistent reliever in the Yankee bullpen. I give him an A minus. I I will give him an A too. I, I can't believe I'm not going to say that out of my mouth. But um, he he's been I I am so surprised how well this guy's been ever since he came back from his uh first stint in the minor leagues this year. He he's Un, been unsung hero. He, he's been the unsung hero of this bullpen, no question. He's kept his bullpen great. Tanaka, we're not really going to talk about Tanaka. I think Tanaka's. Tanaka's the number two guy. Time will only tell what his kind of role, especially as we get closer to the trade line, the trade deadline, what what his role is. We'll see. Um, Brett Gardner, the people that want Clint Frazier instead of Brett Gardner are delirious. Brett Gardner is on pace, not home runs wise. Brett Gardner's on pace to have a better season than he did last year. Again, ignoring the home runs, 364 on base percentage. The batting average, again, that's not really something I really look at, but he's hitting 263. Well, last year he hit 264. It's actually crazy how good he's been lately and how good he was in the month of May uh, and now getting into the month of June, how crazy good he's been because his numbers were so bad to start the year and now looking at how good he is. The way that he takes pitches – the way that he plays defense, John Boy has a shirt that has pulse on it. You know, you know, Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner is the pulse of the Yankee team. And especially seeing how good he's been these past few weeks, I I ultimately think that that, that is definitely true. That you can that you can really feel how he is the pulse of this team. Yep. I agree. That's Brett Gardner. Disco Neil Walker. I love Disco Neil. I love Dallin Batances. Aaron Hicks. I hate Aaron Hicks. Sonny Gray. I'm starting to hate hate Aaron Hicks. I hate Aaron Hicks. Why? uh, Because he's had a really good two weeks and he's proving me wrong. That's why I hate him. Um, But but, but he's very good defensively. He's very good defensively. I, I don't like his. I just can't stand watching him at the plate. I cannot stand it. Mm, okay. He's a guest pitcher. He's a guest hitter. I can't stand it. 
he's been hitting well these past like this past week, these past two weeks. So I guess um, I'm wrong. So now I hate him even more because he's proving me wrong. Sonny Gray, I'm starting to hate Sonny Gray. Starting? Starting. Starting. Yes. Well, it's because I, I, I've made him since his first start of the season. Wow. Wow. No, he don't don't you did not hate him since the first start of the season. I've hated him well since at least the first two or three. I'm pretty sure I've hated the guy. He had a he's had okay, so here's I even with his quality stuff is not like warnings pitched the first time around, 89 pitches, one earned run. Then he had six innings pitch, and then so it wasn't until the third start against Boston, then you were allowed to hate him. I still hate him. Oh my oh, god. Talk about again that can't survive in New York, huh? I, I think he can. I think he can. Uh, all, all, all the blessings. I'm wait I'm waiting for them to put their foot down though. I'm waiting for them to to put Gary Sanchez behind the plate. <laughs> they're not going to. <laughs> if there was a day that they were going to do that, it was it was um yeah, it was yesterday. Or no, I'm sorry. It was I'm sorry, June first. So that was um two days ago. Three. Two days ago. Three. Three. Um, if there was a time to do it, coming off of the rain delay, but, coming- but think about it, it's a perfect excuse to play to play a lettuce all the time. Play him at least once every five days. No, but they but Romine caught the day before. He caught there was so there so they had a game and then there was a rain delay. Game was canceled and then Romine caught again. So he caught twice in three days. Why? Yeah. If you're if you're gonna keep on going with the excuse, dear Yankees front office, if you're gonna keep going with the narrative that you don't want to use personal catchers, then why not put Gary in that day? I had a I I didn't have a problem with it, but just come out and say that you're gonna use personal catchers. Right. So so that's that. We we can uh, and I didn't I say early in the podcast that we were gonna talk more about personal catchers in another episode. You did. I did say that right. Okay. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. Boker, Renato, and I—we've been going to Yankee Stadium. It's been a fun time. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. This went—I hope that this isn't too long. I have no idea how long we've been recording. Cannot wait for the summer to really get going in full swing. We're gonna be at the stadium. We may try to record at the stadium. I don't know how we would do that. <laughs> well, maybe a little little maybe a little periscope live. We're gonna try or something. You know, I would like to maybe record some sort of podcast in the same. I think we would have to. Drive in, get there early, and record from basically at the car. I don't know how that would work, but we're going to see if we can do anything about that. I think that'd be really cool to get some fan integration and to get some, you know, just like I said, just some different voices on the podcast. So that's us. We're going to cut it right now. Thanks for tuning in. Let's go, Yankees. All right. So we'll see you hopefully next week, maybe a little sooner, maybe a little later. We don't know. We don't have a schedule. Thanks for tuning in. Take it. Whoa. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.